Amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 23, if you would, please. Also, we're going to pray for some prayer cloths. And we've been praying for some prayer cloths. And I got two testimonies this week of backs being healed, which was awesome. And so I made an announcement on our Facebook page. And so I have several people from all over the country that want prayer cloths. And one lady's like, wow, y'all do that? Man, I haven't seen that in years. Man, we, don't, we should not let these things slip. Can you say amen? So we're going to pray for some prayer cloths. And we usually do that as a church. So we'll do that this morning as well. In the book of Psalms, chapter 23, one of my favorite, favorite chapters. The Good Shepherd. Amen. The Good Shepherd. Out of the Passion Translation says this, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. We should never forget that. Come on now. Moses was a friend of God. And he was, un, you know, not a, in a better covenant than we have. We got a better covenant, new covenant. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. Man, somebody say always. So what does that mean? Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Sister Tracy. It means always. It's not that complicated. Praise God. Amen. Always means always. Even though the economy is different, what happens? I always have more than that. If the economy is in a recession, what happens? I always have more than enough, right? Yeah, you always have. Why? Because we operate in biblical principles and we operate in the kingdom of God in this economic system. So Tuesday, I'm going to talk about how Lucifer was, a, was an individual who operated in international commerce. Yeah, that's how Lucifer, Lucifer he operated in international commerce during the pre-Adamic race. Ah, I mean, pre-Adam, pre-Adam race. Theologians tells us between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there was a kind of a recreation. The earth was there, but it was without form of void due to the fact that when Lucifer fell, it became a tohu-bohu or total chaos. If you live in the United States of America, which most of you do, praise God, amen, we live in organized chaos. But if you go to a foreign field, it's... Chaotic chaos, praise God, amen. Amen. Anywhere there's chaos, anywhere there's depression, anywhere there is lack, anywhere there is poverty, anywhere there is destruction, you will find Lucifer and demons. Amen, because the exact opposite of Almighty God. Listen, if being prosperous was so awesome, Satan would be the best giver and not a thief. If having more than enough, Satan would be the best giver and not a thief. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. An abundant life. But there's always that creep called poverty sitting on your shoulder. Oh, you can't afford that. You can't get that. Oh, you can't pay your bills. That's all lies from the devil. And if it wasn't the truth that God was going to bring you out and bring you into the land of milk and honey, then he wouldn't be sitting on your shoulder telling you you can't. He's telling you lies. So I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brooks of bliss. Does that sound poverty and lack? No, that sounds like Hawaii on the beach. Praise God with a virgin pina colada. Yeah, that's what dad said. That's what I'm talking about. Praise God. Amen. With the waves on there. 
That's sitting in the higher regency. Praise God in Hawaii. Amen. 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 That, that's where he restores and revives my life. Amen. Don't tell me that revival is not in the word. There it is. Revives. Revives my life. He restores and revives my life. He opens before me the pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in the footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. So in other words, you mean to tell me having lack could possibly not bring honor to his name? Possibly. But if we have more than enough, does that bring honor to his name? Yes, you've heard me say this. It's better in this life as Christians and believers that we walk in abundance and prosperity than walking in lack and poverty because the world is looking at us and saying, what is the difference? What do you have to give me? Because in the world, it's gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy, us four and no more. Come on, hello. The ones who has the most toys wins. The most, you know, come on, hello. It's all passing away. It's all fading away, and only that which we do for the kingdom of God will stand. But in the meantime, listen, I like my bills being paid on time, in advance. Amen. I like driving a nice car. I don't know about you, but I like driving a nice car. I like living in a nice house. I really do. I like the nice things. Hello. Jesus was not poor when he, in his earthly ministry. Did you know that? He wasn't poor in his earthly ministry. He had 12 staff members, their wives and kids to take care of. Come on, hello somebody. He wore the nicest clothes to the point that soldiers gambled for him at the cross. They didn't want to tear it. It was interwoven. And Jesus did wear more than one pair of clothes. Come on, hello. No, the Bible says he became poor on the cross. He became sickness. He became disease. He became poverty and lack so that you and I can walk into the promises and the blessing of Abraham, which is given to you and me. And Abraham won't broke. Come on, hello, somebody. He wasn't broke. Hallelujah. He leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness... Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. I have discovered something that's very interesting. I read a statistic that those that have a fear of flying are usually individuals who like to be in control. So therefore, they can't control the, you know, they can't control the wheel of the airplane, so panic starts to set in. Mm, we don't have anybody in here who has a fear of flying, do we? It's okay, I'm going to call a prayer line. Praise God, amen. <laughs> Me and Matt like, <laughs> Just drop 30,000 feet. <laughs> I am not afraid of jumping out of an airplane with a parachute on. I just don't want to do it. I'm not afraid of bungee jumping. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> just make sure there's a cord wrapped around your ankles if you decide to bungee jump. Praise God. I don't mind riding the Batman ride. But once is good enough. Once is good enough. 
Now, when you're much younger, like in your teens, you're like, let me ride it again. You ride it like five, ten times and all that kind of thing. That's because when you hit your 50s and things like that, you know, jerking here and jerking there, it kind of lasts for a couple days. I mean, <laughs> and, you, and, you and you just don't want to jerk this way and that way, you know, because you like for three days you're putting lanocaine on your neck and all that kind of muscle pain and just, yeah, so... Mm, so I wonder if anybody like always wants to be in control may have a fear issue. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Fear could be caused because of not trusting God. Man, I'm getting a whole lot of amens on this one. Yeah. Lord, even your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all that I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and your love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. That is great confidence. Can you say amen? Amen. So the Lord is your best friend. He's your shepherd. You'll always have more than enough. Amen? Amen. If you need an offering envelope, uh, there's one in the front seat in front of you. If you need one already, or lift your hand if you don't have that. And an usher will do that. Um, also, I stopped by Chick-fil-A this week, which I do every week. Tuesdays or Chick-fil-A days. And I picked up and I asked someone for um, applications. Because they pay $15 an hour. Chick-fil-A pays 15 bucks an hour. Hallelujah. So who would like to get a job at Chick-fil-A? Anybody need one of these? You got, you, you got to be 16 or older, praise God, or something like that. So, you know what I'm saying? You know. Oh, glory to God. <clears throat> Amen. That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm joking with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, amen. Amen. That you do. <laughs> amen. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to tell you. Now, listen, I blessed you this week. Be good now. Come on now. <laughs> I'm not gonna deduct. I'm not gonna deduct those two days I paid for you. Paid for you, Brandon. I mean. I paid, but that's part of your severance. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> okay. Y'all happy this morning? 
I could, I could tell. Praise God. You ready to give? Say yay. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. As we plant seeds of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for pay raises. We thank you for increase. We thank you for bonuses, Christmas bonuses, year-end bonuses. Lord, we thank you that as we advance the kingdom of God, you'll advance us financially. And Father, we thank you right now, according to the book of Proverbs, that the wealth of the wicked eventually makes its way into the hands of the righteous. So Lord, we thank you for that wealth transfer. We thank you for creative ideas, business ideas, increase in every area of our lives. Not only are our bills paid, but our wants and even some desires, the desires of our heart are met as long as we delight in you, that we're moldable and bendable in you. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Ushers, if you'll serve the people. I think what happens, you know, the Bible talks about the little foxes that spoil the vine. Isn't that right? So, obviously, there is a timetable in God's timetable for all things to come to pass. There's some prophecies that still need to come to pass. There are some things that seem to be happening. But we're ever so slowly moving forward. And if we're not careful, we can actually get caught up in the things of the world. And we have to make sure that we are alert, that we are awake, that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and verse 3, out of the easy read version, it says this, Later, Jesus was sitting at a place on the Mount of Olives. The followers came to, to be alone with him, and they said, Tell us when these things will happen, and what will be happened to prepare us for your coming and the end of time. So Jesus gave us what we could be looking for to see these things come to pass. Number one, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Did you know that deceived people don't know they're deceived? Yeah. Um, you know, we all have relatives, we all have family, we all have friends that you can tell that they're actually deceived. They're, they're taken up with the things of the world. And we were talking some, to somebody recently. And they looked us right in the face and said, I'm not deceived. Well, a deceived person doesn't know they're deceived. I remember many years ago when we did a revival up in Lead Hill, Arkansas, there was a young lady named September, and she came to their meetings, and she was mightily touched by the Word and by the Spirit of God. And she was set on fire, and, and we came back a year later and couldn't find her. And then we came back six months later, and all of a sudden she showed up in the meeting. And God really touched her a lot. And so when it came to testimony time, she came forward to give a testimony. And this is what she said. She said, you know, I, I remember the last time I was part of the revival, God really touched me. And I was set on fire for God and I was living for God. And somehow, some way over a period of time, I just got drawn back into the world. And she said this, I didn't know I was deceived until light penetrated my darkness. Now, we know that God's word is the entrance to light. We also know that we have to put God's word in our heart. See, folks, it's real key that during the week you spend time in worship. You have to spend time in worship. That means if you're in your car or you're driving, instead of you know, thinking about your day, spend time in worshiping God. It's very important you do that. If you're not worshiping God during the week, then you're not building yourself up in your most holy faith. You're not doing these things. Come on now. And when you're worshiping God, you've got to pray in the Holy Ghost too. Exercise your spirit, man. It's very important in these last days. It will keep you from deception. In Matthew 24, 4 and 5, the King James Version says this, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am anointed, and shall deceive many. The word Christ means anointed and is anointing. We say, I am Christ, and deceive me, many. 
The easy read version of Matthew 24, 4 and 5, it says this. Jesus answered, be careful, don't let anyone fool you. Many people will come and use my name and they will say, I'm the Messiah. And they will fool many people. So we have to be very, very careful of what's creeping, the creeps that are creeping into the church and creeping into the body of Christ. Because it looks good, smells good, but could it actually be an angel of light to cause deception? You have to be very careful who you listen to, who you watch, who you talk to. Listen, we're being influenced every day. We're being influenced by the television, being influenced by the news media, being influenced by the radio, being influenced by Facebook or social media. We're being influenced. We're being influenced. So many people are deceived. They cannot see the light. Well, for us to be able to see the light, you have to have the light in you. And God's word brings entrance to light. Christ, the anointed one, Apollyon, given the Savior of the world, synonymous with the Hebrew Messiah. Many will say that I'm anointed. But the very words they say, did you know that you could take the Bible, the Koran, the Book of Mormon, and all the other religious books, and you could all put them together? And a lot of people, if you ask them, do you see any difference? And they say, they see no difference. You can also put them all together, and each one of those books may have some form of wisdom in them. But all of a sudden, if you launch them out, they're all going to go stray from the path of truth. And that's where we have to be very careful that we be not deceived. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, out of the easy read version, it says this, The Spirit clearly says that in the last times, many will turn away from and what they believe. They will obey spirits that tell lies, and they will follow the teachings of demons. Those teachings come through people who tell lies and trick others. These evil people cannot see what is right and what is wrong. It is like their conscience has been destroyed with a hot iron. Watch this. Searing one's conscience is that you can no longer tell what is right and wrong. Because your conscience bears witness with the Holy Spirit because your conscience and your spirit man are one. That's the reason why we should never violate our conscience. And if we do, we need to repent quickly of it. And endeavor to ask God's help to help you not do it again. Your conscience is your moral epicenter. All humanity is born with a conscience. Even an aborigine out in the middle of South Africa who's never heard of Jesus himself knows it's wrong to go into his neighbor's mud hut and take something that doesn't belong. It's just the conscience thing. It doesn't belong to you. And he may not have been taught that. It's just the DNA of God on the inside of every human being. Because God said that he would write his laws upon the hearts of humanity. These evil people cannot see what is right and wrong. It is like their conscience has been destroyed with a hot iron. They say that it is wrong to marry, and they say that there are some foods that people must not eat. But God made all these foods, and those who believe and who understand the truth can eat them with thanksgiving. Everything that God has made is good. Nothing he made should be refused if it is accepted with thanksgiving. Everything he created is made holy by what is said in thy prayer. Tell this to the brothers and the sisters there. They will show that, the, that you are a good servant of Jesus Christ. You will show that you are made strong by the words of faith and the good teaching you have followed. People tell silly stories that don't agree with God's truth. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I just said? I, I want you to see something now. I want you to look in your mind's eye. And I want you to see in some places of where the body of Christ. Uh, they're just storytellers. 
they, they, they try to put scriptures up, but the story's not matching the scripture that's up, if they put the scripture up. I have to be very careful that one or two words could actually twist the meaning of a scripture. I have to be very, very careful that we always have eyes to see and ears to hear. We cannot be tossed to and fro from every wind of doctrine. You have to stick with your own camp. Come on now. Even the disciples in the book of Acts says that when he came into his own camp, when he came into his own and began to tell him the testimonies, I like our camp. We're the faith camp. We're the word and spirit camp. We're the word and the Holy Ghost and gifts of the spirit camp. I like sticking with that. We're not weird. We're not flaky. Peculiar, yes. Unusual, maybe. <laughs> but I like sticking with that. I like sticking with the word and the spirit. You can't have an outpouring without a move of the Holy Ghost. It's impossible. Look at the book of Acts chapter 2. They had an outpouring of the Spirit of God, but they had a strong manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And it's just, let, me say, let me say this to you. There are degrees and levels in which people have experienced God in the Spirit. Some person may say, oh man, we had a mighty move of God when somebody gave a tongue and interpretation of tongue. To them, that was a mighty move of God. To me, a mighty move of God is when the Spirit of God shows up and blows the whole congregation on the floor. That's, some, that's, that's a move of God to me. <laughs> So it's all about perspective of what they think a move of God is. A move of God to me is when people are running to the altar getting saved. That's a move of God to me. A move of God to me is when people start popping up in the congregation while somebody's preaching the gospel. I was blind, but now I see. I was lame, but now I walk. I was in the wheelchair, but now I'm free. That's a move of God to me. So the moves of God are all to degrees. And it's about people's perspective. I could put a quote and say, I thank God that I go to a church where the glory of God is manifested. Hallelujah, amen, glory, hallelujah, me too, me too, glory to God. Okay, I want to ask you personally, what does that mean to you? Because people can shout hallelujah, glory to God, have amen, the glory of God's in my church. But they don't know what the glory of God means. You know what the word glory means? It means kabod, the heaviness of his presence. When you walk into a place and suddenly you just start crying for no reason and you don't know why you're crying because of the presence of Almighty God. See, I'm moving God to somebody else could be different from somebody else. Does it mean that it's not a move of God? I don't know. Why is there the verse that says the deep cries out to the deep if God didn't want us to go deeper? Come on, hello somebody. So therefore, whatever we're satisfied with, get the satisfaction out and get hungry. Praise God and go deeper. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't follow these stories that they teach, but teach yourself to be devoted to God. Training your body helps you in some ways, but devotion to God helps you in every way. It brings you into the place of blessing in your life and in the future too. Here's a true statement that should be accepted without question. We hope in the living God, the Savior of all people. In particular, He's the Savior of all those who believe in Him. This is why we work and struggle, command and teach these things. Number two, Wars and rumors of wars. So number one was don't be deceived. Number two, wars and rumors of wars. That has been happening for 2,000 years, even before. I mean, during the time of Jesus, it's been happening. 
But you got, it's happening more and more and more. Talk about war. Talk about war. Talk, listen, come on, hello, somebody. They're talking about war. Come on, talking about war with Iran. Hello. Russia's, you know, and don't you dare attack Iran because we'll attack you. And then China's like, yeah, me too. Right, why is that? Oil. I want the oil. Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 8 says this, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, and the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilence, and plagues, and earthquakes, in diverse places. And all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Why do I need to prophesy earthquakes and tsunamis? I don't need to. Jesus already did. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. Oh, I had a dream, and the United States had a huge wave, and it overtook the whole United States. I'm not sure what's getting ready to happen. Oh, I had another dream. Somebody else quoted, I had another dream, and there was a great earthquake, and it shook the entire United States of America. And What? What? Read Matthew 24. Why do you need to regurgitate something that Jesus already said was going to happen? Hello, tell me some good news. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I don't need to prophesy. Earthquake. Listen, I got, here, here, I'm prophesying right now. There's an earthquake happening right now. Somewhere on the earth. Go to earthquake.com and you will see every five minutes there's a tremor somewhere in the world. There's a tremor. So therefore I just prophesied. Or maybe I prophesied. Or maybe I'm a parking lot prophet and I just don't know it. Or maybe I'm a poet and I just don't know it. Go to earthquake.com. You'll see every five, ten minutes there's an, er- there's an earthquake happening right now. Somewhere. There's a tremor. How about this? The earth is moving underneath your feet even as we speak. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why do I need to prophesy that? What are they going to do in that region anyway? Nothing. Okay, at Los Angeles, there's an earthquake happening over. Get out! Yeah, whatever. Right? Come on, hello. Are you okay this morning? You must be listening intently. You all right this morning? Amen. Earthquakes in diverse places, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Number three, true persecution. Christianity, I read a statistic, is the number one persecuted, if you want to call it religion, in the world. And any other religion, Christians are being persecuted more than anything. In the United States of America, we do not know the persecution of those that are in the country of China, that are in the underground church. We do not know, listen to this, we do not know the persecuted church in Iran, which is an underground church. We have brothers and sisters in Iran. We have brothers and sisters in Saudi Arabia. We have brothers and sisters. All, there's more than two billion of us all over the world. We in America don't know that type of persecution. Matthew 24 verse 9 says this, Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now I guess maybe today, if you want to say, you know, we're persecuted, people hate Christians today. They just do. Come on, hello. They, they really do. They find out that you're a Christian, they'll persecute you. You know, a- Andrew's been persecuted with the job that he used to have. Well, there were Muslims that owned the business. And they would make comments like, why don't you just be a good Christian and take the pan in, in the back and sweep up everything? That, that is, that's persecution. 
Hello? But we don't know the physical abuse persecution where people are cutting people's heads off and they're killing you and and stoning you and throwing you out of the house and all your stuff and disinheriting you and things like that and we don't know that we don't know that kind of persecution in America we don't but there's true persecution you have to this is what I, I, I share this all the time there's necessary persecution and then there's unnecessary persecution so if I'm in the country of Nepal, which is a Buddhist Hindu nation, 27 million people in the country of Nepal, less than 1% are Christians. If I stand on a platform and I line up all their gods on the platform and I take my nine iron and I start playing golf with, with, their, with their idols and they come rushing the platform, that's unnecessary persecution because I provoke something in them. But if I say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if you'll give your heart to him, he's the one true living God. He died on the cross. And then they rush the platform. That is necessary persecution because it was for the gospel's sake, not because I did something dumb, stupid, or provoking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. True persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 out of the easy version says this, Everyone who wants to live showing true devotion to God, Jesus Christ, will be persecuted. Will be persecuted. Number four. This is a big one today. Huge. Many will be offended and fall away from God. Many will be offended and fall away from God. In Matthew 24, 10, it says this, And then shall many be offended, and they shall betray one another, and they shall hate one another. We are living in that time. Many people, many people are offended. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, out of the easy reversion, says this, Remember this, there are some terrible times coming in the last days. People will love only themselves and money. They will be proud and boast about themselves. They will be abusive to others with insults. They will not obey their parents. They will be ungrateful and against all that is pleasing to God. They will have no love for others and will refuse to forgive anyone. They will talk about others to hurt them and will have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. People will turn against their friends. They will do foolish things without thinking and will be so proud of themselves. Instead of loving God, they will love pleasure. They will go on pretending to be devoted to God, but they will refuse to let that devotion change the way they live. Wow. You cannot be a Christian in name only. You have to be a Christian in name and action. Come on, hello. You have to be a doer of the word. They will go on pretending to be devoted to God, but they will refuse to let their devotion change the way they live. Stay away from such people. Wow. 2 Timothy 3.13 says this, People who are evil and cheat others will become worse and worse. They will fool others, but they will also be fooling themselves. Wow. We are living in this time. Come on now. And it is good news. Because look up. His redemption draweth nigh. Come on now. When you see these things, be encouraged. So listen, don't fall out. Don't fall away. It's a dangerous thing to walk up to light and then back away from it. It's a dangerous thing to walk up to the joy experience and then back away from it. It's a dangerous thing to walk up to the gifts of the Spirit and be used in them and then back up from it. Wow. 
I guess there was a book that we read and we were at Ramah. Um, I forget the name of the author. I think Charles, it's called Use It or Lose It. Do you remember that? Anybody remember? Do y'all remember? Use It or Lose It? So in other words, when God gives you something or if you've tasted something, then you have to use it on a regular basis. And if you don't use it, then you'll lose it. It's like people laying on hands on prayer cloths and people in churches no longer offer these. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. We anoint with oil. I don't understand. A lot of churches don't anoint with oil. We have to be very careful that we stay with the Word of God and we begin to work the Word in our lives. Hello. We're, we're, we're going to be picking a Sunday real soon here. We're, we're going to do communion. But it doesn't mean you can't do communion on yourself. Hello. I mean, we don't do communion every single month. I mean, I grew up in a religion that we did it every single week. Come on, hello. I mean, I was in the Church of Christ, and it was just automatic, and people just got it and used to it. It wasn't meaningful anymore. We probably do it about four or five times a year. Yeah, but we, we take it very serious when we take communion. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. We're not going to leave these fundamental doctrines. Why? Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's Word will never pass away. So I'm going to stick with God's Word. If it says that I can have it, if it says that I can operate in it, if it says that I can walk in it, then I'm going to walk in it to the best of my ability. Do I come up short? Absolutely. But thank God. Thank God for His grace and His mercy. Come on, hello somebody. Thank God. A righteous man or woman falls seven times, they rise again. Hello, thank God for the forgiveness of Almighty God. Come on now. If, if, if our brother offends us or comes against us, how many times are we to forgive him? How many times? Seven, right? 490 times in one day. Some of you are like, Lord, help my faith. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Lord, help my faith. But here's the cool thing. God would never hold us accountable to something with he himself not keep it. So therefore, when you make a mistake against him, he'll have to forgive you. How many times? 490 times in one day. <laughs> you mess up 490 times in one day, you need to come to this altar, by God, and you probably give your heart to Jesus, really. Woo! Amen. Amen. But it's available to us when we mess up. Can you say amen? The Bible says many will be offended. A falling away, people falling out. Come on now. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 3 says this. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together unto him, that you not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us, so that the day of the Lord is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed in the son of perdition. Don't fall away. Don't fall out. Don't fall away from belief systems. How many people do you and I know that used to believe in healing and they no longer believe in healing today. They believe in the gifts of the Spirit. It may be even operated them, and today they don't even do it. Satan has stolen that. People have allowed that to take place. What persecution or criticism or something? Come on, don't don't do it. It's available to you. Don't be so busy that you can't be used by God. Come on now. We get so busy sometimes. Busy, busy, busy. If Satan can't get you to compromise and sin, then he'll drive you. You'll be driven. Driven is just as wrong as compromising. Come on, hello, somebody. Don't want to be driven. No, you drive cattle, you lead sheep. Bat, bat. Amen. Don't fall away. Don't fall away from these things. 
It's important today that we read our Bibles every day, even if it's just one scripture. I understand that sometimes you get tired and sometimes you get busy and you got to get up and start your day. But man, you know what I have on my phone? I plug it in. I have uh, Dr. Rodney's healing scripture album on here. So sometimes if I got to get up real early, hop in the shower, I got to go do something, then I'll just listen to about four or five chapters of the uh, uh, scriptures on healing in the word. I'll listen to it all day long. Well, why would you do that? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. So I'm going to hear the word. We, we live in a society today. We really have no excuse. When people in China are looking just for one page of the Bible, we have an entire book. And life is about perspective, saints of God. We shouldn't take these things for granted. Why is it so popular that when you, don't, when you have it really good, you take advantage of it, and then when you don't have it no more, you're like, my Lord Jesus, what happened? We can't live in the wish or should have could us. Should never live in the wish or should have could us. Is it interesting something becomes so precious to you once it's being taken from you? It's like my AR-15. They ain't coming and get it. Over my cold, dead finger. Praise God, amen. All right. <laughs> we ain't coming to get your AR-15. Praise God. James made it for you. That's right. <sighs> Come and get it, Skippy. Praise God, amen. All right. <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry, I believe in God and guns. I just can't help myself. I like guns. I've been looking at a Colt 911. You see my boys? You see my boys? They were like, yeah, Pastor. Yeah. Colt 1911. Amen. It's got a wood handle on it, it's stainless steel. Hallelujah. Okay, number five. Be careful now. Hallelujah. I got lost in the gun spirit. Praise God. Amen. Don't fall away. Don't fall out. Don't fall out of the Word of God. Don't fall out of praise and worship. These are fundamental foundations for you and I to live. And God wants us to live and have life abundantly. Can you say amen? 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, out of the easy version says, Brothers and sisters, we have something to say about the coming of the Lord Jesus. We want to talk to you about the time when we will meet together with him. Okay, your ears ought to go, okay, what, 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 what are you going to talk to me? Talk to me. Don't let yourselves be easily upset or worried if you hear that the day of the Lord Jesus has already come. Did you know there's a teaching that's out there already? It's called predestination. It's called the Preterist Doctrine. Now here's the Preterist Doctrine. Everything that anything that ever happened, the rapture, the tribulation period, the final war happened prior to 70 AD. And actually this teaching says we're in heaven right now. I thought you got to be kidding me. We're in heaven right now. I said, uh-uh, this is the only hell I ever experienced, praise God, amen. <laughs> Come on, hello somebody. Yeah, to others, this is the other heaven, the only heaven. But to me, this is the only hell we'll ever experience. Someone might say that this idea came from us in something that the Spirit told us or something that we said in a letter we wrote. Don't be fooled by anything.
might say. The day of the Lord will not come until the turning away from God happens. And that day will not come until the man of evil appears, uh, the one who belongs to hell. He will stand against and put himself above everything that people worship and think that is worthy of worship. He will even go into God's temple and sit there claiming that he is God. All right, so these are some things that we can look for. Did you know that over, and we, we discovered this watching this documentary, that in, in Israel right now, they have, they've made all of the elements for the temple. They made the table of showbread, the candle, labra. They, they actually even made an Ark of the Covenant. Hello. And also in Jewish tradition, it talks about a red heifer. And there is a farm here in the United States of America that are raising up red heifers for sacrifices Hello. And they discovered, watch this, they discovered that the, where the Temple Mount is, where the, the Dome of the Rock is, that's not even the, where the, t- the original temple was at. It's, it's about 500 to 1,000 yards away from that. So it's not even there. They're not going to build it there. They're going to build it at the original site. Amen. And they found the original site. Oh, it's not even, it's not even where the Temple Mount is. The Wailing Wall, hello, that's not where the temple was at. All the elements, the priestly garments have been made. Everything. They're raising up a priesthood to actually begin animal sacrifices in the temple. The only thing that's being wait right now is the temple being built. Well, all these things are coming to pass. I mean, big time. You know, they've created a microchip now. It's about the size of a grain of rice that they actually can put in your right hand or put it in your forehead now. Can hold all your medical data, all your financial data, everything. There are people using that now. They're using it. Companies are now chipping their employees. It's all, it's all set up for the last days in which we're living. But here's the good news. Even though the, all that's happening, guess what? God's grace is greater. God's mercy is greater. Light always trumps darkness. And when darkness, when it goes deeper and farther, God's grace meets it. Because grace is already there to meet the darkness that goes deeper. And what does that mean for you and me? So easy to heal. So easy to do miracles. Why? Because it's light penetrating darkness. If the prophets of old long to live in the days that you and I are living with, then let's just work with what we know, work with what we have. Start praying for people. Start laying hands on the sick and see them recover. Start, listen, if, if God can use a prayer cloth, an anointed prayer cloth, it's not the cloth, it's what's in the cloth. Hello, somebody. It's your prayers. And it touches somebody and they get healed. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. I'm discovering that God will use it. When everybody else forgotten about it, I pull it out. Everybody else forgot about it. Pull it out. Use it. God will breathe on it. Amen. I mean, we're getting testimony after testimony. This two week backs, two backs were totally healed from the prayer cloth. I just found out today that someone, a relative, they, one relative put this in a pillow and they keep dreaming about getting back to church. Dreams are coming to them like crazy about getting back in church. Like God, and they don't even know that the prayer cloth's in the pillow. But they keep dream, they keep dreaming, keep dreaming about coming back to church. I said, are you serious? They said, yes, pastor. Because I asked them, I said, well, would you think they're going to be going back to church or not going back to the church? And they said, they just keep dreaming. They have dreams. One, two, three a week about being back in church. I'm like, Jehovah's sneaky. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. Put that prayer cloth in the... I 
remember we, the, uh, a wife brought a prayer cloth because her husband wasn't living right at all. And I said, let's just sneak Jesus up on it. So we came in agreement, and she put it in the prayer cloth and put it in his pillow. For two weeks, the pillow would end up on the side of the, uh, I mean, he would, I said, listen, I said, if he gets more, wor- if he gets worse, know that it's working. She said, I don't think I can stand it. I said, sometimes it gets work, worse before the dawn. Come on, hello, somebody. And so with a power of two weeks, and then he found the prayer cloth in his pillow. And he, went to his, and he went to his wife, and he repented. Went to the church, got things right, and now he's in church. Amen. Come on. Hello. And it's going to get to a point that is just so easy, so easy to flow in the anointing, so easy to flow in power. Can you say amen? amen. All right, number five. False prophets, evil abounds, love grows cold, full of fear. In Matthew 24, 11 through 13, it says this, And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many Don't be deceived. And because iniquity shall abound, and the love of many shall grow cold, but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Matthew 7, 19 through 25, easy reversion. Every tree that does not produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You will know these false people by what they do. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of God. The the only people who will enter are those that do what my Father in heaven wants. On the last day, many will call to me Lord. They will say, Lord, Lord, by the power of your name we spoke for God. And and by your name we forced out demons and did many miracles. Then I will tell you, these people clearly, get away from me, you people who do wrong. I never knew you. Whoever hears these teachings of mine and obeys them is like the one who builds his house on a rock. If it rained hard, the floods came and the winds blow and beat against the house, but it did not fall because it was built upon the rock. What is he talking about? He's talking about the church. So you have to be very careful today who you're listening to on iPod, who you're seeing on Facebook Live, who you're watching on YouTube. Be very careful. They could be a false prophet. Because there it is. People aren't what they say. They are what they do. Hello, And you have to look into their private life. Listen, if we're living in a time where very famous individuals are saying, and we know who they are because they've come out recently, and they say, well, I don't think I believe in God no more. Well, keep it to yourself. Stop trying to influence somebody else. You don't need to be telling yourself of your revelation. Just step down, move on. Stop trying to influence because God gave you that platform. You didn't earn that platform. God gave it to you. Be careful of the platform that you use and what you do to influence. Who said that? I just thought that. She said, she said, a millstone be tied around your neck and cast into the sea. If you lead one of these little ones. Watch this. We think little ones are children. God considers us little ones. He actually made reference to that a lot. Jesus did. And there's verses he said, my little ones. Somebody's children. Us. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So be very careful. Always check it out. If I say anything from this pulpit that doesn't line with the Word of God, do yourself a favor. Throw it in the trash can because it's rubbish. It's rubbish. If I'm not preaching line upon line, precept upon precept, and the subject matter we're talking about, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God and good doctrine... Please throw it in the trash or go somewhere else because I've desperately lost my mind and I'm trying to deceive people. Amen. 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 So search it, search it out for yourself. That's good, that's good news. 
That's the reason why there's some subjects I won't teach on because I don't know about them. Hello? Let's just stay away from it unless the Lord tells me to learn it. I just say, well, no, I'm just going to stick with what God's called me to do. And that's to preach the word, cast out devils, heal the sick, get people saved. Hello? I mean, that's, I think that's probably enough job for somebody. Praise God. Amen. In the body of Christ, <laughs> I'll let the teachers teach. I'm just going to preach the good news. Hello? I'm going to warn. I'm going to correct. I'm going to encourage to the best of my ability of what I've experienced in life with Christianity, not just hearsay or not. I don't write books based just on the Bible. I write books on experience using the Bible. That's what I do. There are people that just use this and never experience anything and write books and become number one bestsellers. My God. Amen. No, if I say to you, I've seen the blind see, tr- believe me, I have. I've seen the blind see. I'm not lying to you. If I said to you that I've seen the dead raised, b- believe me, I'm not lying to you. I've seen the dead raised. If I'm trying to, if somebody come out on the wheelchair, I got a document. I got a document. Praise God. Amen. Young man, 22 years old, never walked in his life, came out of a wheelchair in last year's crusade on the platform. I was gobsmacked. I just moved out of the way. Talk to myself, Jesus don't need me. I pulled her aside. I said, let's find out what else Jesus is going to do because this is thinking awesome. Is that right, baby? I pulled her aside. I'm, I'm going to get out of the way. Hello, somebody. Amen. If Jesus pull up, <laughs> people coming out of wheelchairs, demons coming out of people, just, just, whoa, this is stinking cool. I like this. You know? Do you know how easy that makes me feel? I'm like, I get moved out of the way and then I just see God moving. People being thrown to the floor at the bottom of the platform, shaking uncontrollably. I think it's the coolest thing ever. I would rather have that happen. Come on, hello, somebody. I would rather have a wind out of heaven blow 75 people on the floor than me lay hands on 75 people. I would rather have that. Now, I get more thrills with that. To see the wind of God blow somebody on the floor. May the whole of Plant City be blown. I'm serious. May the whole of Plant all 38,000 of them. May the wind of God blow in every church this morning and everybody fall out. Boom. Amen. That would be sticking awesome. Oh, my gosh. You know what I believe is going to happen? I believe, I believe in, in, in no matter what. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So if it's non-denominational, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian. That would be like. I mean, in every church, every church this morning. It wouldn't be a doctor on the front page of Focus magazine. Every church, everybody fell out. Phenomena. Phenomena. No, it's phenomenal. You forget it. It's not phenomena. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You don't think that the Lord would do that? I believe it. I believe there will come a time we'll enter into where the Spirit of God sits on a town. And you could feel God's presence five miles before you ever even get to that town. Oh, it's happened before. Charles Finney. Father Nash would go three or four days into 
a town before Charles Finney would come. And he'd be up in that room, in a hotel room. The, Charles Finney showed up, and all of a sudden the patron's there. Uh, there's a guy. He's been up in this room. He hasn't come out for four days. All we ever hear him do is, leave me alone. And then, like, throughout the night, throughout the day, there's just, like, wailing, wailing and groaning. And there, is he okay? Oh, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> and revival would hit that town. Revival hit the town. And it was reported within five miles you could feel the presence of God. How about during the Welsh Revival? Watch this. The football games shut down. Nobody wanted to play football. All the stadiums and all, they dis, the teams disbanded. As a matter of fact, most of the population of the Welsh country we're, we're in prayer meetings every single day. And if you weren't in a prayer meeting, you were shunned. You're not in church? What's the matter with you? Come with me. Hey, yes. Welsh Revival. Early 1900s. The guys that would go to a bar, give me a Bud Light. couldn't even put their lips on the mug because of the presence of God. I thought, did, did you know that SWAT, Plant City SWAT showed up next door a few weeks ago? Yeah, Plant City. Their brand new $300,000 armored SWAT vehicle showed up behind here getting a drug dealer. My heart broke. I thought, we're, we're right here. We're right here. I didn't even tell her that. My heart broke. Man. If we're living in the last days, then we need to realize that we are. And we need to check our own selves, our own hearts. And I'm not talking about not having fun. And I'm not talking about being prosperous. And I'm talking about living, I'm talking about living a full, abundant life. Where's our hearts? Let us be people that love people. Let us be people that really love God. Not just in words only, but in our actions, in our private lives, as well as in our public lives. I keep hearing a theme from God, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be fearful, don't be fearful. Luke 21, 25 through 27 says this, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves raging, man's hearts failing them from fear. And for looking after these things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud and the power in His glory. But before that happens, there will be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. That's be unprecedented. It will be every accumulation of every outpouring since the day of Pentecost till now. And like I said, just like it was back in 1949 when the Spirit of God was drawing Israel, the Israelite people, the Jewish people back to Israel, there will be a drawing 
back to our first love, you'll feel it on the inside. Why? Because you've got God on the inside of you. You'll feel this compelledness to go deeper with God. You'll feel this compelledness to be in church. You'll feel this compelledness to read your Bible. You'll feel this compelledness to worship. It's on the inside of you. I don't want to miss it. I want to be a part of it. I do. I don't want to, I don't want to be in the back of the bus. I want to be in the front of the bus. I don't want to be in the back of the line. I want to be in the front line. The book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 25 to 28, out of the easier version, says this, Amazing things will happen to the sun and the moon and the stars, and people all over the earth will be upset and confused by the noise of the sea that's crashing waves. They will be afraid and worried about what's happening in the world. Everything in the sky will be changed. The people will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to happen, stand up tall and not be afraid. Know that it's almost time for God to come and get us. Amen. I think I read an article this week, too, that over in Australia, a bunch of whales beached themselves and they can't figure out what's going on. I mean, how many times have we heard these things and all these stories about things going on in the earth? But here's the deal. If the prophets of old long to be a part of the time that you and I are living in, then we should be encouraged and be of great joy because our God is mighty. Our God is for us. Come on now. He'll carry you. He'll take care of you. If he took care of the, of the Jewish people for 40 years in the wilderness, he'll take care of you under a better covenant, which was cut by the blood of Jesus. Amen. He'll care for us and take care of us, no matter what these things. You know, I believe that we're living in a times when men will stand in the face of storms and command it to go out to the sea and it will obey. I believe it. So let's not be so caught up in the things of life that we even begin to slowly neglect our prayer time and our worship time and our Bible reading time. And God's not expecting us to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. As long as you're moving forward, you're working your salvation out with fear and trembling. If you're working it out, that's a good place to be in if you're working it out. The bad place is when you're stubborn saying, I will not be, I will not be moved. <laughs> no, you want, you want to be moved. Can you say amen? We want to flow with the clouds. Come on now. We want to go with the fire. Number six. You okay? I'm, I'm almost done. I got one more after this one. The gospel of the, this gospel of the kingdom. Listen to this. This gospel. Not the gospel. This gospel. Matthew 24, 14. It says this. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. Difference between the gospel and this gospel. Jesus said this gospel. What gospel is it? The gospel that he preached. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 says, And Jesus went about the villages preaching, teaching, and healing. This gospel is the preaching, the teaching that leads to the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and the power. If you remove the supernatural out of this book, all you have is a natural book. You can't separate God from the supernatural because he is supernatural. And this gospel shall be preached. Because I'm kind of wondering, it's been 2,000 years already. Why hasn't he come back? Maybe this gospel has got to be preached in all the world so that the end will come. Hello, somebody. Matthew, I mean, Matthew 9.35. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5 says this. And my speech and my preaching was not enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. We have to have a display of power. And really, 
there's a panic that goes on in, in a, in a lot in the churches today when the supernatural shows up. And it should, it should not be. Shouldn't be. We should be very familiar with the supernatural. Because you're a supernatural being. Your spirit, soul, and body. We should be very familiar with the gifts of the Spirit. We should all be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit in one or another. We should all be doing it. Amen. We should all be living by the fruit of the Spirit. God wants us to bear fruit, not be fruity. God, Jesus was not weird. Hello, somebody. Come on now. Jesus wasn't weird. The disciples were not weird. Sorry, the disciples didn't wave flags at church services in the synagogue. I'm sorry, that it didn't happen. It didn't happen. 747s were not landing on the synagogue. I'm sorry, the Jewish ladies didn't wear tutus dancing in front of the church. I'm sorry, that just didn't happen in the temple. It just didn't happen. They weren't doing the charismatic bunny hop in the synagogue. They weren't. No, God is a God of the supernatural. And when God showed up, people were on their faces. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17, the priest could not minister or stand because of the presence of God. In other words, they fell out. It's not they couldn't stand it. They just couldn't stand up. Praise God. Amen. Because they fell out. Where have we gone in 2,000 years? Mark it down. There will come a day Churches that have stayed with the Word and the Spirit and stayed with faith will be so packed out, so full. I remember Billy Sunday made us some... How many know who Billy Sunday is? How many don't know who Billy Sunday is? He paid for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He, he got saved at the Salvation Army. was an evangelist, big time. He said, what do you do with dead chickens and ham? He said, put them in the refrigerator, right? He said, then why do we put newborn babes in Christ in refrigerator churches? God's not going to put brand new. He's not going to bring the harvest into refrigerator churches. No, He's going to bring, the, he's going to bring them into on fire churches. He's going to bring them where they can get the word and they get the spirit. Because you know what? You're not going to have to change anything because they didn't grow up with religion. I love it. You bring somebody that hasn't grown up with religion, they're just brand new babes. Beep. And they're chirp, 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 chirp. They, they won't ever feed me, feed me, feed me. There's nothing to undo. You'll be teaching people how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Because you flow in the gifts of the Spirit. You'll be teaching people how to lay hands on prayer cloths and show them how to send them out. Praise God. Amen. You'll be anointing with oil. You will even tell angels what to do. Come on, hello somebody. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not in word only, but also in power. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 says this, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance as you know what manner men we were among you for your sake. Do you know that the African people 
Number one, they're church, they're, they're church goers. Number two, they really dress up for church. I mean, they dress. They wear their best to church. Number three, they're shocked if God never moves in a service. They're shocked that if he doesn't move, why is it in the church in the United States of America, people are shocked when he moves? I don't understand that. They panic. They pucker up in places where God never intended people to pucker up. Ever. Are you okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at anybody. Honest. It's just passionate. I'm passionate. Amen. It's things that when God begins to speak to your heart about things, knowing that things need to change, knowing that you need to change. Come on, hello somebody. Things that stir in your heart. Things that you struggle with. Man, we cannot take the supernatural out of this book. Come on now. Jesus, the Bible says in the book of John chapter 25, there were so many things that Jesus did if the books of the world could contain it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be able to contain everything that he did. Not what he said. He said what we needed to say. He needed to say for us to live a pure and holy life in this time period. And there's a time to come. But there were so many things that Jesus did. The books of the world could not contain everything. That means he probably flowed a whole heck of a lot more in supernatural happenings than what he said out of his mouth. And he actually said in John chapter 14, if you don't believe me for the very words, believe me for the very works that I'm doing. So he's like, if you don't believe me for what I'm telling you, watch this. Son, your sins are forgiven. Rise up and walk. Oh, you don't believe me for that? Let me stop the funeral procession and lay hands on a casket and watch the dead boy come to life. Oh, by the way, why don't you come out to Lazarus' tomb? He's been dead for four days. I want to show you something. Why do you think he needed to call him by name? Because everybody else in the grave would have came out too. Praise God. Amen. If he had to say, Lazarus, come forth. Because all he said was, come forth. There was a whole lot of shaking and a whole lot of rolling be going on. It happened at his resurrection. How many people? 400 people? 400 people were <laughs> raised from the dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. Glory. That would make Michael Jackson's thriller look like a Sunday story, I guess. Way cool. On October 31st, Jesus raises from the dead, and then 400 people come out of the grave with him. Praise God. Amen. The thriller. Okay. <laughs> Listen, when you crack your wife up, you know you're doing really well. Praise God. Amen. Come on. Hello. 400 people, Ray, 400 came out of the grave. Number seven and final, thank God, it has now come to the end. Number seven, he will pour out his spirit in great measure. Acts 2, 16 through 21 says this, but Joel the prophet wrote about what, was about what we see happening here today. This is what he wrote. God says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Your old men will have special dreams. In those days, I will pour out of my spirit on my servants, men and women, and they will prophesy. And I will work wonders in the sky above. I will cause miraculous signs in the earth below. There will be blood, fire, and thick smoke. The sun shall be changed into the darkness and the moon into the red blood before that great notable day. Now, that's not talking about wars, rumors, and wars. That's talking about physical signs. I think we've had like four or five blood red moons recently, you know, in the last few years, right? And we've had like two solar eclipses, right? And then the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come, and, it, and if everyone who trusts in the Lord will be saved. So he will pour out his spirit, regardless of what's happening in the signs of the times and what's happening in the world. The thing is, is that in the last days, his spirit being poured out on everything will be greater than any earthquake, any war, or anything. That's the whole thing. And that's the reason why you hear preachers say that are plugged in. There will be the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God that has ever been since the book of Acts chapter 2. And it will sweep the world. Because the Bible says the whole earth shall be full of the glory of God. And the glory falls on men. It falls on all flesh. All flesh. Even Blaze. Jeremy and Brittany's dog. Had a tumor in his ear. A bloody tumor. And his daughter Alexa came with a prayer cloth and she sat, she sat, blazed down. Now, Blaze, Pastor said, if we put this on your ear, then Jesus is going to heal you. And sure enough, within three weeks, the tumor was totally gone. We have a document, it's documented, totally gone. And that tumor went to the brain of the dog. And the dog's like 13 years old. Listen, it was after the service. It was when everybody had left. It was, it was a little girl's faith saying, I believe that if we pray and release our faith in this prayer cloth, it's going to heal my dog, Blaze. Hello, somebody. Come on. All flesh. That easy. And not only that, there won't be one feeble sick among us. When he comes back for that church, a glorious church, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, hello, nothing lacking, nothing broken, preserved from destruction. Can you say amen? That is good news. So this is what we do. We make adjustments if we need to make adjustments. We start pressing in if we're not pressing in. We start going after God. That's all you, just start. Just start doing it. Just start making God a priority. Making sure that you, you spend time in worship. Make sure you spend time reading the Bible. Make sure you spend time sharing your faith. If you have an unction to share your faith, go share your faith. Don't have somebody else go share your faith. You go share your faith. Hello? I mean, be wise in that. You don't want to go in the back alley with a guy, ladies. Okay, come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. You don't want to do that. Come on. Hello. Be wise. Wise as serpent, gentle as doves. If you're in that situation, say, Lord, send somebody else. Send Matt or James. Praise God. Amen. Because they'll make sure they'll get saved. Praise God. Amen. amen. <laughs> Hello. Come on now. Can you say amen? amen? Signs of the time. Let me ask this question. How many are seeing these things in the last days? Yeah, we are. All right. So how many know that the good news is better than everything that seems to be happening that's bad? Amen. Come on now. Let's lean on the good side of the gospel. That we, we got the power. Mm, 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 mm. Come on. You got the power. You got, you got the answer. Hello. Amen. Don't be afraid of people. What can they do to you? Kill you? Do me a favor. Praise God. Amen. Make my day. Once you've been to heaven, you don't want to come back to the earth. Right? 
So let's just start, start doing the kingdom. Listen, I've discovered a long time ago, if I go about doing the, God's kingdom, he'll take care of my kingdom. If I go, go about doing God's work, he'll take care of my work. I don't even have to be concerned about it. Hello, how do you fight the devil back? That's a good question, isn't it? If he attacks your finances, give more. If he attacks your family with sickness, go pray for somebody that's sick. If you really had enough, then go door-to-door soul winning. That's it. That's it. You made me mad. I'm going to get somebody saved. Keep messing with me. That's, that's how you punch back. That's how you fight back. You're tempting me in this? Oh, that's it. I'm going to pray for people that get tempted in this. Keep messing with me. That's how you fight back. Can you say amen? All right, come on, stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. We're going to lay hands on these prayer cloths. This is, this is a whole list of people that have asked. Texas, Illinois, Indiana, Oklahoma City, Ohio, Virginia, Cherokee, North Carolina. Amen. So why don't you all come on out of here and let's, we have some oil. And we're going to lay hands on these prayer cloths and then Chrissy will send these. So if you want to come and pray, pull, pull that or pour, just pour that on there. Come on, lay hands on these guys. Come on, the church of Jesus.